isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today? And aren't you glad to be in America? I am really, really thankful that I live in this country. The Lord has been good to us. I've got an article here that I want to, to read to you. It's not so much on my little thought today, but I read it this past week in the Atlanta newspaper, the Atlanta Journal, and it really, really did uh, put me to thinking of what a mighty God we serve. This uh, New Horizons, this is a spacecraft, and it says after a journey of nine and a half years and three billion miles, New Horizons passed within 7,800 miles of Pluto's surface on Tuesday. That in itself is almost unbelievable. This thing has been traveling for nine and a half years, and it's, it's still just 7,800 miles from, from Pluto. It says, by the time the spacecraft finishes its observations at the end of the month, its in, uh, in onboard memory will be filled with 50 billion bits of data. It's hard to comprehend. It's, at least it is to me. And, you know, we don't know what's out in space. And I don't think they, they're trying to find out a lot, but I s whenever they, I think uh, maybe whenever they get through searching, searching, uh, it would be good if they'd come to the conclusion that somewhere out there there's God. God's everywhere. So, and I think probably some of those scientists are seeking God, and really they don't know. They think they're seeking a new planets and so forth. But anyway, I thought that was uh, uh, interesting, and it's also unbelievable to me. In first chapter of Genesis, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and before he or after he created heaven and earth, he created the trees, the mountains, he spoke the word, and uh, they came into existence. He spoke the word, and we have the grass, and he spoke the words, and we have the animals, and it's uh, something we've all been taught all our lives. In the 27th verse of Genesis, we see where God created man, and from man, we know that he took a rib and he made a woman. So we have a woman and man. Now there's something unique or different about man from any other creation of God. And you say, well, there's a lot of things. You say, well, I know man doesn't look like a mountain, doesn't look like a tree, but there's something still different that I want to bring to your attention this morning. When God created man, he placed within man a right to choose. And so that's what I want to talk about a little bit is choice, C-H-O-I-C-E. It's not even a complete sentence, but just the word choice. And I'm going to go back a little bit and uh, maybe bring up some examples of a few people that made bad choices. That may be 
negative, and I guess it is a negative, but I think we can turn that around maybe before I get through it. But even Eve, she made a bad, bad choice. You know, God had instructed them, and you, you can eat of all these trees, and this garden of Eden must have been real beautiful, but says, of this one tree, this fruit, you can't take that. And the serpent, he came along and, you know, convinced Eve, said, surely, you won't die, and it's, it's okay, come on, eat it. <laughs> and it seems like it didn't take much convincing to uh, Eve, but she did eat of the fruit. That was a bad, bad choice. And I think that probably, well, I know, it's probably the worst choice that's ever been made as far as having an effect on the rest of humanity because out of the billions and billions of people that has lived, and they say there's seven billion living even today, well, it's that her choice affected us, a bad, bad choice. And I wanted to mention to you this morning about the 12 tribes of Israel, just getting to my thought here. You know, Jacob had 12 sons, and each son he naturally placed a name upon them, and, and these 12 sons became the tribes of Israel. And so, and they were going along. They had a lot of problems. They, they made some bad choices, but God did give him a great man, a judge, named Samuel. And we know that story. But Samuel was the last of the judges, incidentally. And the people really, at this particular time, wanted a king and wanted to, uh, you know, somebody like the other nations had. And uh, up until this point, they were really... They were under theocracy. In other words, God was a ruler. God was the one that they went to, and God considered himself, and he always had been himself, the, the ruler of all mankind. But anyway, there's a character in there named Jeroboam, and he had been expelled or at least ran from Solomon and went over into Egypt and so we know how David replaced Saul as king and then we have Solomon uh, replacing David and Brother French so beautifully portrayed Solomon in his sermon Wednesday night. Anyway, and this uh, Solomon had a son and his name was Rehoboam. And it's a sort of a strange thing in a way how people think things and they think that well, they've got to be rulers and they've got to be the king. But Rehoboam was made king and after his father died and Jeroboam was in Egypt. He heard about it, and so he wanted to go back, and he got some men, and they went to Rehoboam. And they said, look, 
we'll come back, we'll serve it. All these people will serve you. If you just let up a little bit, just be kind to the people. Solomon built a terrific empire, and he built the temple, he built the mansion for himself to live in, and he all kind of buildings. And it was a very peaceful time. But here, here we have Rehoboam, and the people had been really overburdened. Solomon did a lot of building, but he also was hard on the people, overtaxed them. He was a bad taskmaster at this particular point. Anyway, these old men, along with Jeroboam, they came in and said, look, if you'll just ease up on them, these people will serve you. You'll have a good kingship here. You'll have a good nation. You'll have a good people. But you just got to let up a little bit. And one thing, you have to give him credit, Rehoboam, he even sought their counsel. And he says, well, let me think about it three days. And so they agreed to that. They left. So Rehoboam, he called in his young friends that he grew up with. And he said, look, this is what the older men and, and this is what Jeroboam, this is what they instruct me to do. What do you think about it? They said, oh, no. They're telling you wrong. What you should do is turn around and really make it hard on them. Don't let up. Increase the the licks you're going to give them. Make it be with scorpions. And as a result of that, we have this kingdom that was united under David and Solomon. The people were together. But as a result of that, we have the kingdom divided. No longer a united kingdom. And it was a bad, bad, bad choice. And they say Eve made a choice that affected all human mankind. Well, I think Rehoboam's choice that he made not to listen to the uh, good advice that he received affected the whole nation. And as a result of his making a bad choice, we see a division in the kingdom. And so ten tribes known as the northern kingdom and two tribes, Judah and later Benjamin, uh, they, they separated. And for years and years they fought, and as the time progressed, they had different kings. The northern kingdom, I think, had 20 different kings. And if you think about it and study it, all 20 kings of the northern tribe northern tribes were bad kings. They made some bad choices. These bad kings did a few good things, but as a whole, you, they had a, a bad, bad, bad choices that they made. All right? And then in the southern kingdom, you have 19 kings, and we have some good 
kings. Some of the good kings there made bad choices. But the thought I want to get across to you, if I can, is that everything we do, every choice we make, is going to affect us, affect somebody. And everything these kings did, every one of them, and you can read it, all 20 kings of the northern kingdom, every time they made a bad choice, then they had to pay for it. The same way in the southern kingdom. And the same way with the Israelites, when they were headed for the promised land, they kept making bad choices. And so we've got to be careful today that we make, make the right choice. This brother, the good brother up there, can he flash 1 Kings 12 and 13, 14 on there? Do you have that? Okay. Yeah. And the king answered the people roughly and sook, forsook the old man's counsel. Just what I was telling you. And really, I wanted to flash that up there while I read it. So we'll, we'll go ahead and bypass that. And anyway, we know as a result of, of this uh, kingdom being uh, divided was as it was a result of Rehoboam making a bad, bad choice. And so here we find the nation serving under monarchy and no longer under theocracy. But really, I want to change course just a little bit here. I'm still thinking about choice. And I want to mention something that I may later, you'll think, well, he's being rather too pastoral. But I thought of this group of people. I thought of this uh, group of people, and I think we have a good group of people. And I don't know of any group in here, or I don't even know any individual that's got it in for another individual. And I think that's good. A lot of churches, you know, they've got bickering and complaining, but as a whole, and they'll say, as far as I know, 100%, we don't find that in this church, and that's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. But... I'm wondering if we couldn't, and I know I couldn't, but perhaps I should take that personal pronoun and say I, what I could do better. I believe we all could do better. And although we're doing good, I think we could do much better. I think we really could. And, you know, I was riding down the road the other day, and I saw these uh, Four men, they were pushing an automobile, and they were going a little upgrade. No, it was three men going a little upgrade, and the thing wasn't, just wasn't moving. And as I looked over there and observed that, I saw another individual. He came up, and he got behind him, the vehicle with him, and he started pushing, and then that thing started going up, upgrade. You wouldn't think that would ever could, could happen. You wouldn't think it would go upgrade, but it did. And brother, can you flash it up there? Okay. Maybe I'll better get this down here if I can. All right. You see these four men. And I, I'm going to do a little surmising, a little illustration. I hope you don't mind. But 
See that uh, brother on the left there? That's Brother Thomas. All right, let's just say that. The one on the right, we'll say that's uh, who? Brother Duffy? It doesn't look like him. But, and is that a woman on the next? I can't tell. I believe that's a woman. If it is, it sort of looks like Sister Mueller to me. <laughs> and uh, look, uh, look at the hairdo back there. And, and now these three were pushing. Not actually these three, but these three were pushing the car and it can't snow. It wasn't snowing there. But anyway, they were doing the job, but it just couldn't quite get it done. So up comes Brother Jimmy, and, and uh, he, he, he puts his effort in there, and so the thing is moving uphill. So the thought I want to, to, to get across to us is that the choice we make determines on where we go from here. Now, we've heard some good preaching, and Brother French here, he's a good preacher, and just about every time that he, well, I'll say every time he preaches, you know, we, I go to two or three preachers, and I have two or three come to me and say, man, that was good. That was really good. And she's not in here last sister French one time. I said, uh, how often does your husband miss? You know, he's preaching. How often does he miss? She said, he never has missed. And I've just about come to that conclusion. But anyway, we are instructed, and we and instructed, and Brother French preaches his heart out, and we come down. <laughs> And we pray, and we usually they tell us to place our hand on someone. We place our hand over there, and we say, "Lord bless him, Lord bless him." And then we'll we'll bow our head and we'll pray. And but what I'm wondering about, I know I myself, or that really, am I doing enough? That's the thought I want to get around. I've got to make a choice. Now, we, we are familiar with electronics, how they just keep boom, boom, increasing. With the, we've heard about the morality, how it's going down, down, down. And we're hearing every day about Israel. So if you study these things, you have to realize and you have to know that the time is near. We've heard that all our lives. But thought I'm trying to make here, somewhere down the line, I'm going to have to choose to do more. We can't live in the past. No way in the world we can do it. I like to tell about the revival, and we have a few here that was in revival. We had it over at Capitol Avenue where uh, we had a group of people about this size, maybe a little larger than this. We really, Lord got to bless me, and the people came together, and together is a secret, and, and, and the Lord got to bless me, and the people got to push them together and we had a revival where it lasted for six straight weeks every night and people got the Holy Ghost and it was such a move of God that WSB TV came out and set up cameras right inside under the tent because word has spread so and people began to get healed and it made, made news. Well, that's good 
That's really good. And I like to tell about the time on Captain Avenue where we had a, a meeting and where they brought in a woman on a stretcher, how God healed her, and uh, several other cases. I like to tell about the woman in the wheelchair that couldn't walk. She couldn't even wiggle a toe. And the ministers prayed for her, and she got up and walked. I like to tell those things. And it's good to a point. That's good to a point. But really, if that's yesterday. And I can tell you a lot of things that we, we, we like to maybe, I hate to say it, I don't know if we call it bragging, but at least we like to keep repeating it. I can tell you about the time that I loaded up the little Volkswagen bus and with children and brought them to church. And I can tell you the time about whenever uh, I invited this, well, I used to pick him up, throw him in the back of the bus. David Moore, some of you people know him. Lately, well, all, I get a Christmas card from him every year. And here within the past year or two, he called me one day and hadn't seen him for years and wanted to have lunch with me. And I was working real busy and uh, just, I didn't have time for him, to tell you the truth. I wondered, I wondered what in the world does he want? He called me again and he called me another time and finally, I met him at a restaurant. I was so busy on my job, I carried some extra clothes. I told my wife, I said, I'm going to change into these clothes and go meet him. I, don't, I couldn't have, I began to just question what in the world could he want. And he went there, and his wife was with him. We ordered our food, and he says, uh, I want you to meet my wife. And she spoke up and said, he talks about you all the time, all the time. And <laughs> That, like, that shocked me. And he turned around and told me, he said, Kenneth, said, I wouldn't be in the church today. He said, I wouldn't have my law practice. I wouldn't even be a lawyer if it wasn't for you. Now, I said that to make a point. That, that was good, and I, that really has helped my feelings. And I can tell you a lot of things that I, few things, I take it back, not a lot of things, few things that, that uh, were probably good. But, see, I got a promotion. I got a promotion, as they use that term. I don't have to do those things anymore. We need everybody. But, you know, even I'm up here now, and uh, you might have thought my hands were shaking. It was. But even if I'm not up here, it shakes all the time now. I'm so, but what I'm saying, that's a sign I'm getting old. And some more, two or three in here that's been around, seen a great move of God. And we're see, still seeing God move here. But we'd like to see a greater move of God. Isn't that right? right. All right. But we, we're going to have to work together. If Brother French comes up here and instructs us to do something, we'll nod our heads. That was really good. That was good. <laughs> but what are we going to do about it? Brother Cole, what are we going to do about it? what we hear from the man of God. We're going to have to do something to old people, and this church can do more than they think. Now, I'm positive. I don't know what I can do, but I'm positive I can do something. We don't do anything else. I can pray, and that may be the most important thing. But we've, we've got the young people, and not many young people in here, so I'd like to address to the older people. We can do something.
In fact, the younger people are looking at us, what, what we're doing. I have a sister-in-law in church down at Famos City. She'll be 92 in a few months. Now listen to this. A few years back, she wanted to do something for the church, for the work of the Lord. So they're always taking up a Mother's Memorial offering. She said, well, I'm going to see how much money I can raise for my mother's, mother's memorial. And she started work and started collecting aluminum cans, and she started baking pumpkin rolls, and she's working real hard. And she, she, I don't know what it was, raised about $1,000, and that never had been done in that uh, local church. And so she got to asking everybody, you want to buy a pumpkin roll? And... To sum that up, she's every year since that she has worked, and this has been years ago, and she she really got the whole district of Florida working at Mother's Memorial Time. She even made, I think they have a monthly paper, if I'm not mistaken, she made that paper. And the local church, time again, she's won, and it, she was one or two in the church. I think one time she lost. They got, they got to seeing how she worked and decided they would work. And so that's, I'm saying that to say this, we can do something. And uh, I have a, a lot of notes in here on people made bad choices and all, and I can tell you about Saul. David counted his soldiers, that was a mistake, and it was a bad choice. And we have really Cora and her 250 men, if you, you know that, they, she rebelled against the Moses, a bad choice. In Judges, we have the story of Samson, how he made a bad choice. Well, that's bad choices. But here's the point I want to point out right here. The bad choices they made, and whenever you make a bad choice, then you have to suffer from it. Each one of these individuals, every king of Egypt, every king uh, of Israel that made a bad choice, they had to pay for it. But one good thing, and I think we may stress this too often, perhaps we don't, is if you make a bad choice, God will forgive you. I don't guess there's any such thing as stressing that too strong, but what I, what I was thinking about, we have a tendency, I think, sometime, well, if we do wrong, then I can go to God and he'll forgive me. Well, he probably will. It's a possibility he won't. You know, that's the reason we got to, that's the reason we, we don't, uh, don't want to sin. If we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. But this morning we have a choice. And so uh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Am I going to help my brother? Am I going to help my uh, sister in the Lord? And we have a scripture in uh, Ecclesiastes. And I don't know, I think I have that. Do you have another one up there, brother? Okay. Two are better than one. And because they have a good reward for their labor. And, you know, we have in the Bible where it tells us, and possibly on down in this same uh, scripture here, that if one falls in a ditch, or if one falls down, and if we don't have a brother, how in the world are we going to get up? Now, I thought once about doing it, I could pull a, a chair over here get down on my knees and push it back and I could demonstrate to you how to get up. 
myself I couldn't get up. Used to, I could, but I'd have a time. I might could get up now, but I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to waddle, if that's such a word. I'm going to go over to that chair, and oh, you're going to have to bring me a five-gallon paint bucket in order for me to get up. But the emphasis is that we, we, we need one another. That's the point. We need one another. In fact of the matter, we can't make it out without one another. Now, you know, uh, I own a home. I own a car. In fact, I have two cars. And I have just a little bit of money in the bank. And so that's called assets. And it's good and if you ever you figure your budget and you have debit and you have credit and you have assets. And I just point out it's a whole lot it's a whole lot better if you have more coming in you get going out. Anyway, we, we just can't make it without one another. And this is the greatest asset I want. I do have a house. I do have a car. But my brother, he's the greatest asset I have. And if I don't, I'm going to have to, yeah, it's, it's not a sin to lean on your brother if you need to. But I think sometimes, Brother Mueller, I don't even know enough about you, and I've known you a long time. Now, I don't have to know if you got on red shoestring on one foot and blue one on the other. I don't say I have to know go that far, but I do need to know you and my brother if you're in need, and how am I going to know if I'm not close enough to you? So we need, we need one another. We need fellowship. So we've got a choice to make. We've got a choice to make. I could have, I thought about, uh, when I got this little thought that came to mind, I thought, well, we can, I could say brotherly love, or I could call it unity. But either way, it still remains that we, we've got to realize what our greatest asset is, and that's our brother in the Lord. And we, we can uh, come to church for the rest of our lives. I come, I miss very few services, and we've had a little cabin up at Big Canoe, and we've had one up there, I guess, for 26 years, and we've been up there 26 years, and the longest we ever stayed up there was at one time was three nights, and that was only once. Now, and the reason we haven't stayed long a period of time is we want to be in church, and my wife in particular, She's going to be at Sunday school. She's going to teach. She's, gonna, she's not going to miss. And I said, well, let's just stay But Nope, I'm going to be in a Sunday school. So what I'm fixing to say here now, we can do that. And uh, we can do a lot of things and still miss God and still go to hell is what I'm fixing to say. That's pretty strong. But in other words, if we don't get in and do what we know to do and are we doing what we know to do? We can do it. We can do it. The old people in here can do it. I'd like for us to get together, and I know you say, well, what are you doing up there trying to preach and tell us? Well, maybe it's not you, but I can do better. I can do better. I believe even as insignificant and all as I may be, it may be that if I went by and saw that car in a ditch, I'm not very strong, 
that maybe that one little effort, I could help get the thing out of a ditch. So we, we, uh, we stand in, in need of uh, one another, and we need to help one another, and we can, and be concerned with one another. We know we often hear it preached, and we've known the story for years about the Good Samaritan, how that uh, the priest went by, and, and the poor fellow had been robbed and left stripped for dead, passed him by, and then the other one came by and passed him by, but the Sam Samaritan, the very one you think you wouldn't help him, helped him, got him up, and put him into the, carried him to the end and said, if you run up any bills and if I owe you any more money other than what I give you, then he rest assured the innkeeper that he would pay him back. Well, that shows brother to love. But you know, Paul did a similar thing. He had, he was in prison and uh, this uh, Philemon was there, you know, ministering to Paul, actually, I believe that. And, but the thing about it is, he was a runaway slave. He wasn't even supposed to be there. He's, it wasn't Philemon now, I've got that way wrong, it was Onesimus. But he should have been back there with Philemon. Philemon was the one that he was supposed to, that he ran away from. But anyway, Paul, the Apostle Paul wanted him to res be received and he sent him back, and he send the and he sends the message back, and I think that's the letter that he sent to Philemon. It's an individual letter. He sent him, and uh, he says, "Look, if there's anything left over, if I owe anything, when I get there, I'll pay it." Well, what are we gonna do with our brother? especially our brother in need, just say, well, I didn't know he was in need. Well, we don't know enough. We don't need to gossip, but we need to know about one another. We used to have a, a sister. I've heard my wife uh, tell it before. Her mother used to tell of a sister. They, all, they called her Sadie Gossiper. Everywhere he says, she said, that's them Sadie Gossipers. And they'd say, uh, tell it, Sadie. Tell it, Sadie. I hope your name's not Sadie. But, but anyway, what I'm getting at, instead of criticizing one another, and, and I'm real good at that. I'm real good at that. But we should love one another. And I'll tell you an instance that happened to me. Just, brother, my time's just about up here, I believe. But I'll tell you an instance that happened to me in this church just real recently. You never know what you do. I didn't know I'd do this, but it's been a long time since I did anything like this. A brother did something to me in this church that I didn't think he should should have done it. And uh, I didn't say nothing. I turned around, walked away. I obeyed what he told me to do. I went to somebody else after Sunday school, went to a friend of mine. I said, this brother did so-and-so. Now, this is a friend of mine. So just being a friend of mine, not knowing the situation, well, I agree with you. He shouldn't have done it. You see? So, <laughs> but actually, it was so minor. But I brooded over that thing, as you know, for two or three weeks. Man, but then the thought come to me, 
you know a scripture, we have a thought with a brother, go to him. And I confronted him. And I don't know what I was expecting, but I said, look, I come here, and you did so-and-so, and you did thus and thus, and I think you were wrong. You know what happened? He said, well, brother, said, I'm so sorry. I wouldn't hurt you for nothing in the world. I love you. Man, me doing all that wrong and holding that against him, that almost was worth me doing wrong. <laughs> Because it really helped me. And so I, I really was taught a good lesson. And so now, well, we would worry then up to that point. But we're real, I feel like we're getting closer ever since that happened. But what can I do? What can I say to help someone on the way? What can I do to help someone in the Lord? We're in this together. And we, we hear good preaching. But we can come in here, and I can. I'm here preaching. I need to keep saying we. I'll just say me or I. I can come in here uh, the rest of my life, and I can say when it's over, boy, that was a good preacher, good preacher, good preaching. But if I don't do anything about it, what can I do to be obedient to the word of God? It's a matter of choice, C-H-O-I-C-E. And I've been in this too long, and I've covered a, a lot of miles in one sense, and seen a, seen a lot of things happen in the church and around the church. I've been in it too long to fail now, and and so I can I can do more, and I feel like I must do more. And I hope what I've had to say, at least. Hopefully it hadn't dampened your spirit but uh, and not made you feel bad. I think we're doing pretty good. I really do. But I think we could do more. And I know I can do more. And things are going to turn up and, and that maybe you'll make mistakes. But we've got a brother to help us up. And uh, if you're going to be two in bed, why be on the opposite end of the bed? Especially when it's cold weather, go ahead and get together. How are you going to get warm if you don't get together? So it's necessary. We have to have one another. And above all, we have to have the men of God in our life. So, and if we get together, listen, if we really come together in unity and determine to do something for the Lord, and if our head, our pastor, and those that are in charge of us spiritually, if we can get together, we all get together, whoop, this thing will burst wide open. I really do believe that. And so, but anyway, Lord bless you. I'm through with what I, little thought I had. But, uh, and just remember, if you say, well, he didn't do too good a job, which we, at least we started out, we'd be in agreement on that. But you can pray for me. I need your help. I need, I need sincerely. I'd like you to pray for me. Sister Deborah, we could do more. Her and Richard worked their head off, so to speak, for the churches. And they still work, but they can do more. All right, my time's up. Lord bless you.